Six World Music. Gary Six World Music. Gary Six World Music. Ahoy! Sixth World Music Enthusiasts. Utada here, aka Gluru, your Sixth World Music head, and moderator, with a short intro spiel for this very special episode of Gary's Sixth World Music Podcast. We are gathered here today to celebrate the release of the new Sixth World Music original music compilation entitled The Sixth Annual Gary Report. Gary and I would like to congratulate everyone involved in the making of this simply wondrous compendium of musical artistry. Some of you more astute Sixth World listeners may be wondering what happened to the 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th annual reports. Well, unfortunately, none of those met with the stringent standards that Gary has set forth for Sixth World music releases, and so... Well, he made sure that all traces of those were scrubbed from our servers and all other media they were originally stored on by the musicians involved. But the sixth one was the charm, and it passed every one of Gary's rigorous tests with flying colors. I'm rather embarrassed to admit that I personally had very little to do with this year's compilation. I had hoped to submit a track of my own to rival my much-celebrated debut track, Egregorian Protoculture, which was featured on our first compilation, But uh, being the doofus that I am, I kept putting it off. And uh, then, of course, Gary had some serious shit go down last month with the CIA raiding and eventually demolishing his shack. uh, I mean, ashram. And then, well, Gary really had me by the balls for the last few weeks because, well, Gary kind of blamed me for the whole thing, rightly, of course. But, um... You know, I was glad that I could at least be there to help Sam through the aftermath and get his affairs back in order. Unfortunately, it left me with zero free time for my own pursuits. But uh, thank Gary, we had Curly B to fill in the gap there. And praise Gary, the album has been a huge financial success for Gary's Six World Enterprises. And you all have Gary's blessings. Thanks to you, construction is already underway on Gary's new ashram, and we have some other exciting news related to that, but I'll have to save it for another time. So, in addition to all the talented artists that contributed music for the album, I need to extend a huge thank you to Curly B, who really deserves the lion's share of the credit for pretty much single-handedly putting together the entire fucking album. From soliciting submissions, to mastering the tracks, to putting up the Bandcamp page, uh, with assistance from Doggy Styles on liner notes, announcement texts, and some other odds and ends. And again, I did pretty much nothing except for the album cover design, but, um, you know, heck of a job on that. Uh, By the way, if anyone can tell me what that image is on the album cover, there's a bag of Gary's Assorted Mystery Pills waiting for you, along with a case of the new formula special batch Gary's Poontang Punch. Gary's Poontang Punch, as always, made with real poon juice and real orange tang crystals. Remember when you're out shopping for your family to look for Gary's name on the packaging. If it says Gary, you can be sure it's Gary quality. You know, it was a quiet night almost three years ago that I first encountered Gary in a vision while zoned out on some minimal dark dub trance drone track, I forget which exactly, but uh, it was in that vision 
that Gary gave me the original commandment to create six world music, a place where the marginalized true artists of music could be heard and where their adherents could gather to share and eventually create their own truly inspired music that doesn't suck. The six world music subreddit was not an instant success by any means. For months, I was almost the only one posting music, but I stuck with it, my faith in Gary, unperturbed. I would try to post at least three tracks every day, even when not a single upvote was coming in. Eventually, people did start catching on, as Gary willed it, and things really started taking off with the arrival of Gary's loyal acolytes, Doggy Styles, and Curly B. And wow, look how far we've come today, with uh, Gary on the verge of all-out toppling the entrenched music industry, not to mention an entire line of exciting and innovative Gary products that have started hitting the market. Indeed, the future looks very bright for Gary Six World Industries, and uh, Gary has not lost sight of the fact that it all started with our little Six World music community. And so, he has some exciting plans in store for us in the coming weeks, including a 24-7 live streaming chat lounge where we can host Six World music release parties and other special events, and otherwise just uh, hang out and listen to weird music together while we shoot the shit in real time. There will even be opportunities for the weekly top post winners to DJ the lounge if they feel so inclined. Gary's already started planning for next year's Six World Music compilation, but in the meantime, there are some other smaller releases coming up that Curly B is overseeing. So if you're working on some music but couldn't finish it in time for this year's compilation deadline, there will certainly be some more opportunities in the near future. If you're interested in getting in on that, please contact Curly B directly. Uh, Gary has recently added him as an official moderator for our subreddit, so uh, just look for him in the subreddit sidebar or whatever. You can always reach him via email at sixthworldmusic at gmail.com also. Well, I'm running out of time here, but uh, again, Gary would like to extend his heartfelt thanks to everyone who made the 6th Annual Gary Report such a success, and he can't wait to hear what other glorious psychotronic audio creations y'all got brewing. And now, if I may, uh, before I hand the mic over to Chris, I would like for us to have a short moment of silence while we give thanks to Gary for all that he hath provided. Thank you. All right, thank you for that user um, Tada with that great intro. <laughs> um, in case you guys didn't know, Tada is the de facto creator of Sixth World Music, the subreddit. So uh, I can't say enough good things about him. Um, thank you for everything you do. Okay, so now this is a little different kind of an episode, guys. Um, I'm very excited to devote this week to the 6th Annual Gary's Sixth World Music Compilation. Okay, so if you don't already know what that is, this is a Reddit user-created compilation of original music, um, which was released on the Sixth World Music label, um, and that's on Bandcamp, um, also available on Discogs. Um, so just search for Sixth World Music on, on Bandcamp, um, and you'll find it. So... Not only is it great music, original music, it also became a catalyst for a lot more activity on the Sixth World Music, like, digital label. So, it's kind of springboarding into a lot of cool areas with lots of 
really exciting new music. Um, so it was exciting for me to hear what everyone was able to come up with on the spot. And of course, these tracks are exclusive. As I said before, they're never heard before this. I was blown away by the depth, artistry, and different styles on display for this compilation. Uh, and I was surprised to see just how eclectic of a bunch we have here at Sixth World Music. Um, these artists are truly from all over the globe. Um, it's, it's a multicultural display uh, proudly under the banner of our patron saint, Gary. Um, you know, when I was a teenager growing up and the internet was becoming more of a thing, uh, like around, I don't know, late 90s or something, like always the the big promise was that you would meet people and make friends all over the world. And I feel like I've never <laughs> experienced that except for now. And it's really cool. So I appreciate all you guys. All right. So what we will do for the podcast today is that we'll hear the artists talk about their tracks and we'll have a sample of one of their submissions. Um, due to time, I'm only going to play one of their songs. Of course, the exception to the rule is if they had two different monikers, then I'll play one from each of their monikers. Um, and this is just to try to give a fair amount of airtime to each person. Okay. Mainly, I'm, mainly I'm, I'm more concerned about hearing what they have to say about their music. Um, I'm going to be pulling uh, people from the list semi-randomly, and... It's probably going to be two or three parts to this series, uh, because I want to give enough time for everybody to answer my questions. So, before we start, I can't emphasize again how amazing all these artists are, and how exciting it is to hear a cohesive manifesto for our vision of a brighter, Gary-filled future. Um, so, let's start, shall we? Uh, <laughs> to quote Ray Bradbury, um, basically... I asked all these artists to answer the following four questions. Number one, what was your inspiration for your submission? Number two, describe your process for music creation in as much or as little detail as you want. Number three, what does Gary mean to you? Number four, plug any uh, other projects or other uh, shoutouts you'd like. Okay, so now... Uh, since the artist's song was called Main Theme, I thought it'd be a good place to start. So, we're going to start with artist Briog. Okay, so truth be told, I actually called Briog and left him a message a few weeks ago asking him about his track submissions. Um, and after not hearing from him, I thought that he blew me off and I was going to move on. But then, this week, I got a letter in the mail uh, written in some very fine cursive, I have to say, with several stamps from what looked like must be the 1970s. So I knew it was, it was my buddy Briog. <laughs> uh, and again, I will admit that I have been working with Briog pretty closely for a few months now. Uh, originally I was trying to get my hands on his, his long lost score for the, the film 90, let's see, 1981's, uh, The House by the Cemetery. Um, so he did the original sound score for it, but he was later replaced by some other idiot. Um, so during, during that time, I, I, released, I re-released his music, and I also did an interview with him uh, a couple weeks back now, um, where we discussed a few questions that were pretty similar. But anyway, in the letter, he had this to say. Okay, now here's Briok. 
Number one, you ask me what my inspiration for my submission was for the project. Well, since you got into contact with me originally, you should already know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I couldn't work with the director, Lucio. And after he forced me to redo the soundtrack three times, I created this one in a last-ditch effort out of frustration. Okay, so that was the inspiration, was frustration. <laughs> Interesting. Number two, uh, describe the process for music creation. Typically back then, he says, I would write out all my music on sheet music. And I would drink brandy until an outline came out. Typically, I would start with the rhythm, followed by a melody and a counter melody. For this music, however, I just started playing. I experimented with sequences and drum machines, um, which I didn't have as much background in, and that was that. Now when I'm approaching my new music, I create, create it in much the same way. I experiment and I manipulate. Absolutely nothing is sacred. <laughs> cool. Number three, what does Gary mean to you? <laughs> he says, I don't even know the guy. From what I hear though, he seems like a pretty good entrepreneur. He reminds me a little bit of a man that I met since I re-released the soundtrack. This guy had a bunch of crazy ideas about how he could make money, and he offered me cryptic ways to buy his products. Uh, he was a good Italian boy, though. His name was Galizeo. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder if he's related or something. Uh, number four. Any plugs or shoutouts for other projects? He says, See, I'm working on a split noise project. Uh, with artists from Europe and North America. It should be out soon. Uh, there will be, of course, a physical and a digital release. Um, that's what we do today in modern times, yes? So, shoutouts to Worm Monolith and Deathset. Oh, and check out Worm Monolith's uh, new album, Virus One. Alright, very good. He's, uh, he's really, uh, he's really spry for an 80-year-old guy. He's making great strides in, uh, in a short amount of time. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm a little jealous of that old, old man. Okay, so here is Briog's song, main theme, from the long lost Video Nasty, The House by the Cemetery.
Okay, so now here is user how how small a thought, um, who had submissions under the name Guhatsk Lisolkat Musugamakumt and Masug Su. I gotta say I like Masug Su much better, <laughs> but they're they're both excellent names. Um, so let's see what he thought about these questions. Take it away. How small a thought. So, uh, one of the tracks I submitted was Steel Sinew. Um, I don't, I don't really remember the name that I submitted it under, but basically the idea for that was to imagine this kind of organic material. It was mostly a metal, and it's alive, but it's not really much more than that. It's kind of just, it's basically a cell, but it's made out of metal. And I kind of imagined putting it into a blender, and just kind of tearing it apart really it's actually pretty brutal now that I think about it it's uh, not very nice and that was basically the idea for that uh, that came while I was waiting for a class to start I was just kind of messing around with uh, various time-stretching techniques and things like that just stuff that actually worked on a laptop trackpad because I mean who actually likes laptop trackpads, they suck. Nobody likes them. Uh, the process for music creation for me is pretty much different every time. There's not really a single consistent theme and it depends entirely on what I'm exposed to at the moment, what kind of ideas I'm reading about, what I'm listening to, the kinds of people I'm talking to, things like that. Uh, I guess usually what happens is I synthesize some kind of a sound and I try to take that sound through many, many iterations, resampling and resampling and remixing and changing and chopping up and things like that, until eventually it's sort of morphed and evolved into this new kind of thing. Uh, even with stuff that isn't live recorded like Steel Sinew was, I mostly just try to give every sound a space to exist as itself, I suppose. It's probably the best way to describe it. So yeah, um... There's not really consistency to how I personally make music. I mean, I don't think there's any wrong way to make music. I think it's just kind of whatever you like, really. Oh, so what does Gary mean to me? Oh, that's good. Um, To me, personally, I kind of imagine it as this huge jellyfish with thousands of eyes, like, surrounding its body in a line, I guess. And I suppose what I'm kind of imagining is that we on the uh, Sixth Music subreddit, Sixth World Music subreddit, are kind of doing is making this being's, you know, newest album or newest playlist or newest listening experience, you know? We're kind of contributing to this thing that doesn't really exist in our own reality, and... To me, that's pretty cool. So I think, what is Gary? Hmm. What it actually is, I think, is an extension of, I suppose, some weird form of idealism. Because it seems to me a common theme with art is that it's themed around escaping the unpleasantness of reality. You know, it's kind of like... Yeah, it's all about escaping 
escaping oneself and being able to appreciate and reach something new. So I think it's kind of fun to look at Gary that way because we sort of construct this this thing that is completely ordinary in its own universe, but completely extraordinary in our own. And I think that probably reflects some kind of desire for us to go beyond our perceived social roles or beyond what we're basically raised to think of as normal. Plugs or shouts for other projects. Um, yeah, there's this guy who makes really strange, really weird indie games. His name is Jake Clover. Uh, you can find him on Game Jolt. Uh, in, I'm not really sure what other sites people are using these days, but that's where I found him. Uh, he makes games that are pretty much exactly sixth world music material. In fact, he makes a lot of sixth world music too. So there's Jake Clover, he makes really good games. Uh, there's Jack Jack King Spooner, he's, um, he makes pretty weird games as well. They're generally, they're a bit different to Jake Clover's, but they've collaborated before, but um, basically, yeah, Jake Clover is just this insane genius and someone you should absolutely check out if you have the time.
It's your boy, consumer reducer. Was it burned in? Burned in, yes. I loved it, yeah. It was a lost horse and track for Dario Argento's uh, Inferno, the last 10 minutes of Inferno while guys running out of a burning building to escape. Yes, um, yeah. Yeah. Fun to make, like, really what you're hearing on that track a lot is the Lyra 8, those trumpet sounds. Oh, really? Uh, you're using a Lyra 8? That's really cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah, are so heavily, cool. Yeah, heavily processed Lyra 8. Um, <laughs> like, low-end rumble stuff. That started as something completely different. I was trying to rip off uh, uh, Sleep Research Facilities um, Deck A mm-hmm. track, and it was sort of like this low, rumbling um, kind of ambient track. And I actually, like, that kind of is that like weird panning effect yeah you're hearing throughout the track uh that just kind of gets panned left to right and then finally kind of like turns oscillates um just kind of really fast left and right Uh, yeah 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 i noticed that that's really cool that you're like you say you're inspired uh by another track that's that's how i approach stuff as well like like i've been really into just power electronics in general, but I approach it the same way where I like, I get really into one thing and just kind of like get obsessed about it and then try to create something like that, you know? I think that's one of the defining things about experimental music right now is that uh, there are really no hardware limitations, um, even if you're like dirt fucking poor. Yeah. Laptop, you can basically pick and choose like what what you want your sound you're not limited to like the sound of just like a single like filter like white house was you know like their sound early white house was defined very heavily early power electronics was defined very heavily by they had like especially like the really like raspy high-pitched filter on the wasp yes um yes like you listen to early mersbau it's pretty clear he's working with like one or two synths um that's right. not something that uh, has to limit you now. Um, but it can be nice, like, too, to have like, self-imposed limitations as well. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. We're, we have this luxury of, like, living in this golden era of synths where it's, like, stuff is cheaper than ever. Um, we have so many more options than people did. That's so true. Yeah, yeah, it's totally true. And I think um, it's kind of, like, changed the grammar of noise, too. Like, there, there are sounds that you don't hear anymore, like, kind of, like, like phaser sounds that just kind of go on forever or mm. um, just kind of like like feedback, certain kinds of like feedback wail, wailing that you don't hear anymore in noise records because um, there's kind of like a self-imposed grammar of it now. Like these bad noises get edited out. Yeah, yeah. It's a good so thing. True. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. Like I almost think of it like we're kind of like in the post-harsh noise era um, and I think that's good. Like, I think it's important to kind of like focus your sound, um, like kind of like good, uh, that kind of like take you from like, you know, that are pummeling and almost like, uh, people might think of it as harsh noise. Well, like that's cool, mm-hmm. but you, it needs to take you someplace. I like being slowly pulled through a vortex with noise or, Definitely. you know, 
yeah, or you can go the other route. Like I think somebody on our sub who does this really well is Suffering Perfusion, mm-hmm. which if anybody listening hasn't listened to the Suffering Perfusion torturing nurse split, like uh, go to listen to that. It's really great. But he kind of takes um, some inspiration from, I think from like a power electronics or excuse me, power violence, mm-hmm. math core, you know, stuff like that. It's very focused very heavy and pummeling in a very deliberate way. And mm-hmm. I think that that kind of defines post um, harsh noise. It's just like a very deliberate edited sort of noise. And I don't think we should be ashamed of that in any way. I'd also like to yeah. um, promote my own power electronics album, um, Needle Prick Slips the Blurry Eye. I will not attempt power electronics like that again, I promise. <laughs> but like that was the concept there. Very kind of, cool, very cool. Yeah, yeah, just kind of a uh, uh, cue from like power violence, just doing like very short, kind of constructed stuff, but also like trying to do it in one take. I think that's very impo- um, important. Like you mentioned, self-imposed limitations, like that's key. Like yes, um, this track and like anything that I'm doing under the consumer reducer, um, I try to think of, even though I'm I'm really working in audio mulch. I don't like looking at a DAW. I never want to look at a DAW again. Oh, me too. Like, <laughs> me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Awful. Like, if I have to go in and edit audio, like, I think of it like tape. Like, that's how I started. Like, as a teenager, I would, like, just, like, cut up tape or do stuff that, like, uh, just, I just use the tape machine as, like, a noise generator. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, you had to be kind of efficient and you kind of had to, like, know. Yeah, you like, you didn't have the opportunity to make a lot of cuts like it just it was time consuming yeah so we're definitely at a point where or just so much like in the beginning of electronic music and especially industrial like industrial happened because this gear got so cheap and i think we're in another moment like that and how we proceed is going to be really important um, like one thing I'm really interested in right now is uh, kind of the live coding scene a little oh. bit. Like I think a lot of things about it are kind of dorky, like showing their code during a performance and <laughs> and that kind of like academic aspect of it. But there's a really idea of um, like uh, working with your, like allowing things to happen in an unpredictable way, mm-hmm. but still having complete control over the, the parameters of that unpredictable stuff in real time. Yeah. I was, I was just reading just kind of like, I was going to say, I was, I was just reading something on somewhere like r slash synthesizers or some article about that, about, about code music being the next thing. And, and it's interesting. I like the idea of being able to build an instrument on the fly, you know, cause that's what you could really do. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, that's, exactly. that's as futuristic and- as you could imagine, you know, <laughs> you're still influencing what's happening. You can still sort of understand what's happening, but you get to a point in uh, where it just kind of, uh, you know, beyond your comprehension a little bit, you know, patterns repeat in ways uh, mm. predict. Somebody right. that is very, very um, good at this has made, made a really cool record um, is uh, Daniel M. Carlson. Huh. Encourage listeners to yeah. check him out. Yeah, it's very cool shit. Nice. Um, I'll throw a link in here. Uh, one of my favorite songs on, I think, his most recent album. I don't know what else he's released. Full Detention. 
And it's kind of a deli very deliberately uh, industrial sounding. It doesn't sound too clangorous. Like a lot of generative music sounds sort of like clangor uh, clangorous, you know? Yeah. Um, like it's just the machine spitting out shit. But he, he does it in a restrained way. And I think that's important. I mean, for that kind of uh, use of technology in music, what I don't like right now is kind of this wave of like hipster in that word but it's kind of this <laughs> yeah there's sort of like a pretentious moment right now where people are saying like oh we've made an ai album turned mm -hmm. in is good i i get where she's coming from she's coming from an academic background but um there was kind of like a marketing aspect to that that i didn't like that like the album was made by an ai and they gave it a name and it was they were just kind of mystifying what they were doing which is it, yeah that's just far. generating right that's that's not supposed to be the point i don't think yeah that, that's weird i agree <laughs> very cool stuff um now you basically hit all of the questions i was already going to ask except for one. Oh, good so <laughs> yeah so that? i've got so this last one i would say is the most important so what does gary mean to you uh gary has been an overwhelmingly positive force in my life he he gave me purpose at a time in my life when I felt that I had. I responded to uh, four or five years ago, I responded to a classified ad uh, asking for like a house sitter, which is easy job right up my alley. And um, felt so comfortable. Like uh, I never actually like met him in person. He communicated through post-it notes that would just like um, appear just like around my house. Yeah, yeah. And when I was house sitting, I had to uh, keep an eye on his Stargate. It looked a lot like a fireplace, but it was really a Stargate. Um, I couldn't see inside of it. Um, I could kind of like make out like movement behind like this out of order sign. Hmm. I was there for a few days. Uh, a guy named Yard would bring me pizza every night. Wow. Yeah, that was nice of him. Yeah, yeah. Yard was a pretty cool guy. You know, all I had to do is just like turn the Stargate on anytime I saw movement behind that sign and just like leave it on until the movement stopped. That was, wow. that was basically that... it. He gave me some books. Um, he showed me how to play the synthesizer real good. And uh, I will be forever grateful. That's beautiful, man. Like, wow, being inside of his house. Like, I, I basically, I hadn't met him until very recently. It's out. Um, but yeah, that's, that's wild stuff, man. That's very cool. Well, you have a lot going for you. You have a, a good career ahead of you, I'm sure. A lot behind you already, some good releases. It's exciting. Uh, many more. Um, one, one with a certain uh, Briah? Am I saying that correctly? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe it's Briog. North American artist Briog. Yeah, um, yeah. Really looking forward to that. So much going for us. Out the uh, Discord if you haven't already, people. It's it's a nice place to hang out. There we go. Absolutely, I've been loving it. It's been a a real synth fest over there. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody's showing off their their rig. Um, spoke for like three or four hours the other night, just like talking about gear and music. <laughs> so if you would like to come and do that with us, if you have the same weird sort of autism that we do, we would love to. Yeah. Um, talk to you for hours and hours at a time when you should be doing other things. 
Absolutely. There we go. There's our plug, guys. Check out the Discord. It is fun. It is vibrant. Now is the time.
All right, uh, I love that track. It's so cool that it was done on a Lyra 8. If you don't know what a Lyra 8 is, by the way, it's this very cool synthesizer. You should look it up. It's um, very unconventional. It's all about microtonal noise stuff. It, it's very cool. All right, so now let me introduce uh, Andrew Reddy, also known as User King of the Crows. Um, He's going to describe his process, and after hearing it, I gotta say, I get quite a bit more out of this track. Um, and then we'll check out the track, of course, after he describes it. It's called Sightless. All right, take it away, Andrew Reddy. What was your inspiration for your submission? So my inspiration for this project really was to marry my two loves of horror movies and making really ugly and unsettling music. So doing a soundtrack for a horror movie was like right up my alley. Describe your process for music creation. So when I approached making this, um, this piece, one thing that I really wanted to get across was the kind of feeling of nausea. You know, that just that feeling of your stomach being balled up out of pure terror and feeling like you want to throw up and simultaneously have your stomach fall out your arsehole as this guy with a, a spoon chases after you to try to dig your eyes out. So as I went to plan this piece, I did what I call kind of like mood lines. So I watched the movie through several times and drew different lines, increasing and decreasing intensity for different kind of musical aspects. So I had like a line for dissonance and a line for volume and one for harmonic density. So by the end of this process, I had a plan a framework already there for how this piece would be shaped. And then really I just treated the visual media that I had as kind of a scaffold. So that was already there. I just needed to decorate it. So that's how I went about doing these sounds. So really to create the nausea, I had this really high pitched, almost droning hissing noise going throughout the track. Like insects are trying to burrow into your ear and dig out your brain. So to create that, I um, had some music that I had for my other project, Hagioscope. So I took some of those pieces, which was mostly synthesizers and field recordings, and I time-stretched it. And then I chopped that track up into smaller pieces. So say it was 10 minutes, I'd chop it into five two-minute pieces and overlay them to kind of fold the music in on top of itself to make it more dense. I would take that track, stretch it out again, and repeat the process of chopping it up, overlaying those pieces, stretching, chopping up, overlaying, almost like you're making dough, you're, you're stretching and folding it back upon itself. On every iteration, I would add a new element. So I might add like a delay or a reverb, or I would reverse some of those sections to add more variation to the, the parts. So at first listen, it sounds like it's just a constant, almost white noise. But if you focus in on the actual, the noise itself, you can hear the subtleties in it, the shifting timbres and the, the different phases that it goes through as it burrows away into your ear. So that piece really formed the bedrock, that, that hissing drone. And that's really what I want for the nausea. And then I just needed to decorate it and add some more, more texture, more variation, more, more events to, to the piece. So for that, I decided to use relatively traditional instrumentation kind of as a throwback to earlier movie soundtracks that would have used full orchestras. So I used things like keys and strings and, and those uh, kind of instruments and a lot of percussion. And with that, to reinforce the unsettling mood, 
I didn't keep a fixed pitch very often for any instruments. So even if you listen to like the drums or the cymbals, they're constantly being pitch shifted, almost like the ground is shifting under you. There's no stable tonic center for any of these noises. And that reinforces the feeling of being unsettled and the ground shifting and someone pulling the rug out from under you. So you can't settle and that reinforces the fear and the the lack of control you have in, in this kind of situation. So that was really my process when I went about creating it. And they were all improvised, those sections. As I watched the movie, I'd just set up an instrument, watch it through, add what I thought um, fitted as I reacted to the movie, and just repeated that process for each of the instruments, and then went back and tidied up and changed it. But really, that's how I created this piece. It was very much improvised along this kind of plan that I'd already set out, with things like the harmonic density and the, the dissonance all coming together. So really... I aimed to create a very unsettling, ugly and repulsive piece and I'd like to think I mostly achieved that. What does Gary mean to you? So Gary really is, he's the architect. He, he makes it all happen. He brings together all these musicians and sound artists and he has his vision and he gets it created. No one else knows what's going on. We play our own small part. But he has this grand plan already laid out before anyone has already been contacted. And he he makes it. He makes it work. And that's just Gary. You can't know his plans until you see the final product. But you can be confident that it's going to be a significant spectacle of sound unlike anything that is already out there. Any plugs for other projects? So most of my music can be found on Bandcamp under Andrew Reddy. Um, I also have another project, Hagioscope. So Andrew Reddy is my more kind of conceptual and melodic uh, work, whereas Hagioscope tends to be more noise, drone, kind of post-New Age industrial meditation music. So check it out. The pieces are quite long, but it's well worth giving it a full listen and getting immersed in these soundscapes because it will bring you somewhere else that you haven't been before.
All right, I think that's going to have to do it for part one, guys. We're already pretty deep. I would say we've officially hit deep dive mode. Um, a deep dive, of course, into the heart of Sixth World music. And just the Sixth World in general. Um, so definitely stick around. Come back in a few days for part two when I get that all ready. We still have a lot of great artists coming up. Um, and until then... Keep being inspired and creative. Remember, you never really know when the weird will find you, but know that it is there always, like an old friend. So goodbye, for now.